Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed the free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Rick Barry Show with my cohort in crime. That's right, the surfman himself, Cyrus Satchez, is here with me, and we are delighted to have joining us uh, an old friend, and I can say old because he is old, um, but he's uh, well, well, I mean, well, well known, well renowned sports writer, uh, broadcaster now, doing yes. his own show on Fox. I mean, come on, you just skip Bayless. I mean, you know, there's only yeah. one Bayless around. Used to come on my show before when he was just, you know, when he was just getting into the business and now he's a monkey muck. So I'm just glad that I finally was able to track him down and get him to join us. Skip, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. I keep trying to catch you in age and I can't catch you. I try well, every year, but you, I, and you, I tell you stay what, a step ahead of me. I'm hoping you're never successful, actually. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I will say I was thinking about you this morning and I would like to say before we start. I believe that Rick Barry, the basketball player, the superstar, remains criminally underappreciated. And I fight with people on my show all the time when your name comes up because they gloss over it, and it should not be glossed over. So that's my humble opinion, but I do love you. So yeah, well, there we go. Well, thank you very much for that. Hey, the big thing is, is I know that the black community loves me, so then I get respect. Okay, good. Well, then and we're so good the to go. The black community that's loves that matters, me. Really. That's all that yeah. really matters i hear that yeah. from clifford ray all the time so <laughs> good and, and the thing about it is you know what i did back then is irrelevant i mean everybody's entitled to their opinion and um all i know skip as i tell people i should look at the only thing i can tell you about me when i put my uniform on only one quarter of one game of my professional career did the people who paid to watch the game not get to see me trying my best because if something was bothering me and it interfered with my and I was so I was so mad at myself after that quarter if I could have kicked mm. myself in the butt I would have done it um but was that's, it the fourth quarter or the first quarter it was the first quarter first quarter of a game okay. and just some things going on normally I have the ability of so a lot of people don't have the ability to compartmentalize things I could put things yep. in the burner like people say do you miss playing basketball and I say no and they look strangely at me I said no because I never <laughs> think about it I said why would I want to think about that I can never do something that I love to do uh, so much that was such an integral part of my life and I can never do it again. Why would I want to think about it? <laughs> so I don't. Well, so anyway. sad but true. Time to take a quick break to talk about our, one of our official sponsors, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot. For all the basketball and football action this season, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest 
and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. We got so much we could talk about, and we're going to get out of the other sports. I mean, because the there's a lot of interesting things going over there, obviously, with the Urban Meyer and all the other stuff. But let's get it. Let's get into basketball. You've been around. You've covered the game forever. I mean, you've been all over. You've been Dallas, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Been around the the country, uh, doing your writing, winning many awards. But what do you think right now of the state of the NBA with the experience that you have, having followed it for so many years? You know how much I love it, and I must tell you that as much as I loved your era, I'm loving this one even more. Mm. I just love the personalities. I love the young talent. I I don't love the three-point madness that we've fallen into, but everybody else seems to love it. And because Steph was at the forefront of the three-point revolution, it's more palatable because he's so utterly lovable. And Rick, it struck me the other night as I watched him at the Mecca of basketball, as if the NBA gods had ordained this for him to make his second three pass Ray Allen on national TV. It felt so huge to me that I sat back and I thought, I personally haven't experienced a record broken like this since I sat in my dorm room at Vanderbilt University during finals of my senior year in college and watched Hank Aaron on my little tiny black and white TV break Babe Ruth's home run record of 714 home runs. That was obviously huge, but it becomes even bigger because it was a black man breaking a white man's hallowed home run record. And a lot of people couldn't stomach it, but it made the magnitude of it off the charts. And it was similar to me the other night in ways that it, it never remotely hit me when Ray passed Reggie. I don't even remember it. I was on first take on ESPN. I'm not even sure we did it on the show that day. It came and it went. But this was Steph Curry. It's it's because of who shot the shot that the record became so impactful. And and obviously, we, we watched Tom Brady every other Sunday break another passing record, and nobody blinks because he does it so effortlessly and he's been doing it for so long but Steph is somehow new even though he's 33 years of age and it looks hard when he does it not that he doesn't do it with with his gifted effortlessness but but it just looks harder because he looks so little on the court he's 6'3 obviously which is big for most people but he Mm -hmm. plays little on the floor he still looks baby-faced, the baby-faced assassin, and he's shooting from such distance, unheard-of distance, where logo threes for Steph is just a flick of the wrist. And for anybody who's still, you know, like I still attempt to play basketball, it's hard to get the basketball that far when you jump and shoot it. True. And and he is doing it with such range that it is awe-inspiring. And we all live to watch sports to be awed. We want to see something we've never seen. And obviously, 
for somebody to shoot 45% from that distance is unheard of. So that was revolutionary, even as a broken record in ways that I haven't experienced through all the home runs that we've seen from Barry Bonds back to Sosa and McGuire. It just didn't seem like it had the magnitude that Steph brought at Madison Square Garden the other night. Well, let me add, I'm going to add to that and just comment a couple things about it. First of all, all right. I don't think it's of the magnitude of the home runs because the home run thing was just a remarkable accomplishment that took forever for somebody to actually finally get there and pass him. Steph has passed Ray Allen in what, four or 500 less games. I mean, it's, it was an inevitable thing that was going to take place. I think what's going to happen in the future to put it in proper perspective is when Steph is done, then someone who can come along to beat Steph's three point record is going to be enormous. Because he's going to put up a number that's so incredible. It's going to be like the home runs of Babe Ruth that, you know, who's going to ever beat this? I mean, so that's going to be the record that needs to be broken once it's finally set when he retires. Well, to your point, we got a ways to go because near retiring. Yeah. No, he's like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, he's fun to watch. He's my favorite player to watch. Um, he has such a good time out there playing and he's what I call step. I mean, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I I tend to talk about players now as anomalies. He's an anomaly. No one has played the point guard position the way Steph Curry plays it in the history of basketball. No one. Yeah. Because because no one has been able to shoot the ball with the efficiency that he has, like you say, from insane distances at 45%, (laughs) which for people who don't understand the game, a regular, a regular three-point shot at the three-point line is a difficult shot. And if you're shooting thirty, if you're shooting thirty percent, that's equivalent to fifty from twos. As you start going up, that just becomes an insane number. When you get to forty-five and think he's shooting it, I think one a couple of years ago I saw a stat that from twenty-eight feet he had shot forty-eight percent one season. Yeah. The guy, the guy's in the, he's he's remarkable. So aside from that, I know it's it's kind of fun some of the things that are happening, but I agree. Too many three-point shots at times. I mean, sometimes they're shooting 60, 70 in the game. But what I don't yep. like is the fact that it's too much one-on-one for me. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> it depends who's doing it. You know, who's who's going one-on-one. I you know, I get mesmerized watching Kevin Durant. I've watched him the last couple of games and he's playing often with four rookies, two of whom I've never heard of. And obviously his best friend Kyrie has betrayed him. And James occasionally looks like James Harden looks like a shell of himself. And now he's gone with COVID protocol and, and Kevin Durant goes one-on-two, one-on-one. It doesn't bother me because I've, speaking of anomalies, I've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would see seven feet tall and long who could get his shot with any kind of crossover step back that that point guards get. And and from mid-range out to the three-point line, it is unguardable because it's unblockable. It's unbotherable. And... It's not like he has a lot of walk-off shots to his credit, but, but in fourth quarters, he tends to take over for the duration of the fourth quarter. And he is, as we know, deadly from the free throw line, which I appreciate, obviously, going back to your free throws beyond comprehension. But he's a 90% free throw shooter on top of all that. And to me, as an offensive force who can also rim protect, 
with, with some of the best of them. Mm-hmm. He is becoming the greatest thing I've seen since Jordan. And I got to cover, I had the honor and privilege of covering Jordan in Chicago in 1998. Got to know him fairly well, as well as you could at that point. And yet, as in awe as I always was of Michael, I'm getting there with Kevin, even beyond Kobe, because Kobe was, what do we give him, 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, probably about your height, maybe, Rick, somewhere in that ballpark. And we're talking, this is seven feet tall with the whole package. And he's in supreme condition. He's been playing, as you know, 40-odd minutes a night. And from what I'm told, his workouts are just as legendary as LeBron's workouts, his workout warrior workouts. But we don't hear about them because Kevin doesn't post about it at all while LeBron Mm -hmm. were, like, bombarded with LeBron's workout videos. Right. So I'm in awe of what Kevin is doing as the greatest offensive force since Jordan. And some people want to argue he he could be on his way to becoming the greatest offensive force ever, as far as unstoppability, unless you want to go up to Kareem, obviously with the sky hook. And anyway, that that's my latest awe factor. Okay. Well, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's not throw Wilt out of the equation. Nobody will ever be. Okay. You can have Wilt as Wilt Chamberlain. (laughs) But I agree with you with Kevin. He's an anomaly. He's one of the guys I tagged him with that, an anomaly. Nobody at his size has ever played the position the way he plays it. I mean, he's just an amazing player. There's no question about it. There's a bunch of guys that are like that. We're joined here in Rick Barry show by with Skip Bayless, of course, a renowned writer and uh, also now one of the stars of Undisputed with uh, with his buddy Shannon Sharp. Uh, delighted to have him on the show. Cyrus, I know yes. you had some questions for uh, for Skip that you had asked some people about, so fire away. Well, you know, first of all, Skip, it's it's great to at least hear from you. Um, we can't see you today on, on our screen, but, you know, to fill people in, uh, you know, we met back in the early 2000s. Um, I was Rick's producer. I'd sometimes bring you in as a guest, and then I, we'd have yep. you fill in as a host. And I just want to tell people who have their misconceived uh, uh, notions about you based on your, your TV show personality and what you post on social media, you were always the straightest shooter. You were always the consummate professional. You were always one of the nicest individuals I've ever met. Um, it bums me out. It's taken this long for us to finally talk again, but it's just so great to hear from you. And thanks for coming on. Um, and, and I guess my, my, I guess one thing I want to ask is, um, given your stature now as one of the, the most popular media personalities in the world, I mean, you can make that claim. How are you a hundred percent genuine in all the opinions that you uh, that you that you give on your shows, or do you sometimes say things to get a rise out of people? I guess like what like what is your angle in in this current form as as this massive TV personality and social media personality? I appreciate everything you said, and I do Thank miss you. seeing you guys up close and personal. And for anybody who does know me. Anybody at Fox Sports 1 will tell you now, I am 1,000% legit. Everything I say on the air is straight from the heart, straight from the gut, straight from my soul. There is no contriving of debate topics on our show. There's no tricking up. We 1,000% authentically, genuinely disagree when we do disagree. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a quick idea on how we put the show together, 
because I've been doing it for so long, uh, the point person for the producing starts with me. So I go over all the lists that I can see and, and comb the internet for a couple of hours before I have a call with our producer, which is about five o'clock Pacific time every day. We're in Los Angeles. And I give the producer about 15 possibilities of debate topics that I think would be great for Shannon because I want him to feel a thousand percent comfortable that we're on a level playing field to go Mm -hmm. at it on live TV. Then the producer calls Shannon and gets his quick takes on those 15 topics, types them up and sends them back to me so that I can say, Oh, okay. Well, we, we got a great disagreement on this one, this one, and this one. So those are done deals these two, not so much, but they're such great topics. We might have more of a discussion than a debate on those. My point being that it's all completely legit. Not one time in the history of any of my debate shows dating back to cold pizza, which started in 2004 on ESPN, leading to first take and then to undisputed. Not one time in my career Have I ever said in a pre-show meeting, well, I could go the other way just to have a debate because I can't go the other way because I'm not built that way. So it's a thousand percent legit. And anybody who watches me fight on TV should know that you you can't fight that way unless it's from the heart. But thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted the clarity. Is it true? You don't have to answer this, but this is just my personal uh, curiosity coming out here. And you, as a as a as a longtime journalist, hopefully respects that. Uh, did did Stephen A. Smith uh, uh, and ESPN try to get you back to first take recently? They did. Uh, it was reported. Uh, yes, they did. It's been a year and a half ago, and I love Stephen A. like a brother. We keep in close touch. Um, maybe someday we will reunite, and we came mm. close to doing so a year and a half ago. And it's very complex about why it did not work out. But to Fox's credit, they did have the contractual option to match that offer and keep me. And mm. the bottom line is they did. And I have been very happy with Shannon because Shannon is, you, you could say, the polar opposite of Stephen A. Because he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And obviously Stephen A. and I both came from journalistic backgrounds right. and did not play at high levels beyond high school. So it's a very different vibe I have with Shannon, but he works his tail off. He preps as hard as I do, and I often kid with him. I wouldn't want to have to deal with me every day because I'm (laughs) obsessed with prepping for the show. And I was telling him that I believe that debates are won the night before with with what work you do with research and Mm. and prepping your argument. So uh, he's been very strong and a worthy for me so it, it it all worked out for the best but i love Stephen a and maybe someday somewhere we will reunite all right time to take a quick break to talk about another official sponsor of the rick berry show lightbox say goodbye to dull gifts lightbox lab grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. 
Because of their process, they can create stones and blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Well, if you just joined in with us, you're listening to uh, Skip Bayless, a renowned sports writer and uh, now television personality. Uh, Undisputed is the show with Shannon Sharp that he was just talking about, along with Cyber Satchis, my cohort and crime here uh, we appreciate him taking the time during this busy time of the year and knowing that you've got work to do so we're not i know we're not going to keep you much longer um but we appreciate you taking the time uh i will add this to what you had just talked about i tell you i enjoy listening to having to go and talk to sandra sharp much more than Stephen a mainly because of what you said that he played at that level and i don't care how much you've watched how much you've studied and what you've done if you didn't play it at the same level there's things about it you really don't know and 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 because you've been around so much, and I've told you this before, Skip, is, is I respect you because I don't have a lot of respect for a lot of guys doing stuff who haven't really been around a lot and just got lucky and got a job and were doing their radio show because their opinion to me is no more valid than just the, the average fan that's out there. He's just a little bit luckier. But when you've been around as much as you have covering teams, doing things, you know, now this, you bring more credibility and validity to it. So I'll just throw that out there right now. And so I appreciate that greatly yeah. coming from you. That's the highest praise. Thank you. So and anyway. Rick, you remember, and Rick, you remember when Skip would come in, I mean, Skip is no slouch when it comes to athleticism. I mean, you had the gun show on a routine basis. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in shape. You might not have played in college or the pros, but I mean, you were always stacked. And I remember you'd come from the gym to host shows. And so you definitely do your part in terms of at least uh, being athletic, sir. I do, I do want to give you props for that. Well, yeah. I, I do appreciate that. You know, what's ironic about that the show that I do every day here in Los Angeles, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, is very physically grueling to me because I get up at 2 a.m. out here oh. every day. I keep all the clocks on East Coast time because for first take for all those 12 years, I got up at five o'clock. So it has to be two o'clock. And I kind of trick myself into thinking I'm on East Coast time. They're up. I got to get up. But the point is, the, the battles that we have on air can be so draining that I think it becomes physical after a while. Yeah. So I, I am obsessed with working out maybe to a fault, but whatever, <laughs> if you're going to be addicted to something, I'd, I'd rather be addicted to this, you know, than other things. Well, and I think it gives me an edge because Shannon is in very good shape in different ways than I am. He's not maybe the cardio shape I am, but in weightlifting, he's obviously incredibly ripped and beefed up and buffed up. And, and I, I feel more confident every day sitting across from him, knowing that in various ways, depending on how you define con physical conditioning, I I'm maybe beyond him in some ways because he couldn't run with me now because I run obsessively. So mm. the point is that just gives me a little tiny weird sort of, maybe irrelevant to others, but psychological edge to be able to compete with the pro football hall of famer. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective to, uh, and way to approach it. Hey, you have to do in life what, what works for you. And, uh, 
And I, I, I think it's great that you, you know, keep yourself in good shape and doing it. I mean, because you only have one life to live. That's why I'm just shocked yeah, sometimes. Right. I'm sure you are, Skip, because you get around and you meet a lot of different people. When I see some professional athletes and I see how they've let themselves go physically at all, I just don't understand it, how you could be a world-class yeah. athlete during your prime and you let yourself go like that. I just, I just doesn't make any sense to me because life is too short and precious. So yeah. Well, keep, well Rick, you've always out. been very dedicated to your fitness, which I admire greatly, but so many players I've known, maybe, well, I'm just going to say just football, but it's, it's all sports where they, they were forced to do it. They were forced to work out for so long that once it's over, they're done. And you know, and I know that's lethal. So your life is going to be shorter if that's the approach you're going to take. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. You, so uh, I, I know somebody was asking, get right in, you know, why do you have these kind of vendettas and stuff against there's a few pro players that you don't exactly hold in great esteem. Uh, so, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> can you, can you kind of like point out the top three guys that you're not real thrilled with and just give us a little quick reason as to why I think people would enjoy hearing that. Mm. I'm not sure where to start because I don't LeBron, ever think of it as a vendetta. Okay. okay. I don't have any vendetta. I don't know. No, you're just, that's, your, like feeling. that's your feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's your feeling about it. Yeah. But the, the thing is, is that when the time comes and there's something to go and you're going to step up and, and give your opinion about it. So vendetta was not a good word. It's just that you're, okay. so right. you're uh, a better word to use would be your strong feelings towards some of these players, okay. the way they conduct themselves. Well, again, LeBron, I like personally, because I think, he is a genuinely nice guy off the court. Yes. I also believe that being a little too nice occasionally hampers him on the court. Agreed. And remember my context. Every day, it seems like at least once an hour on Undisputed, I have to hear from across the table from the ultimate LeBron lover to the point <laughs> that he gets scary sometimes because it almost sounds like he's a stalker, like a LeBron yes. stalker. Shannon Sharp actually fancies himself as part of LeBron's inner circle. And he well may be, I don't know for sure, but <laughs> this is what I have to put up with is hearing that LeBron is the goat. I hear it again and again. Oh. And, and I say, no, he's the phony goat because there's a one and only goat. And he played in Chicago and his last real year of basketball was 1998. I've never seen anything like him. I got to cover it up close and personal. I got to see it inside out. I, I knew about the Last Dance documentary from start to finish before it was ever put to film because I saw it. Mm -hmm. And I saw Jordan after practices play money shooting games with all of his teammates, shoot blindfolded free throws for thousands of dollars. I've seen it. <laughs> and that was as cold-blooded a basketball killer as ever there was. I don't believe LeBron is a cold-blooded killer. And what irks me to no end is that LeBron in clutch situations especially runs from the free throw line. It drives me insane because mm -hmm. we even saw it the other night. Um, we saw it at Dallas. We saw it, if we go back a couple of weeks, to at Indy, and we saw it against Sacramento at Staples, the two nights later, he missed walk-off shots three times in two games against Indy and Sacramento. Then the other night, he just gave the ball up, and they they ended up having to 
closed the game with an undrafted rookie from the University of Oklahoma named Austin Reeves made a three-point shot in a tie game with the greatest driver of the basketball I have ever seen. He is 69 inches, and I believe now he's looking like he weighs 260, maybe 270. He is really beefed up. And when he decides to put his head down, nobody can keep him from the rim. He is literally ambidextrous because he is born natural born left-handed. So he can shoot it either way, either side. And at least he can go Shaquille O'Neal and just get hacked at the basket. And if you do that, you're going to have to go stand there by yourself at that free throw line and maybe make one out of two to win the game. That's all you have to do. One out of two to win the game. That's all it would have taken in those three instances I just brought up at mm-hmm. Indy and twice against Sacramento in the same game that went two overtimes. And he runs from the free throw line because he does not trust himself at the late game free throw line. And if you look at the stats, nobody has missed more clutch time free throws over the duration of LeBron's career. He's way ahead of the field. Because when he used to try it, he would often fail at it. And he's a career, barely 70% free throw shooter, who in four of the last five years has shot under 70%. That's a crime. He's better than that. And if you're going to try to bring GOAT to me, don't bring somebody who's shooting 68% from the free throw line who's supposed to be a superstar. I just lose all respect because Rick Barry shot what what was it rick 90 plus percent did you have 92 or what yeah, well, my last, somewhere yeah my last six years i shot over 92 my last two over 94 but the thing is you're absolutely right about him he's missed more free throws at, in the last two minutes of games than most every other player and it's always been his achilles heel i mean hell if you remember years ago i was the one that made a big stink about how lousy his shooting form was and at least he you yeah. know he, he, he corrected that and became a decent three-point shooter but he's never been yeah. a a free throw shooter. And I, I agree with you, but here's the thing I got to get back to because Cyrus knows I was probably just dying chomping at the bit to get in to tell this. There's no <laughs> such thing. You can't pick a goat in team sports. Come on, get off of this. Will you skip? Mm. I mean, you, you have, you can't compare Michael Jordan as great as he was. And I still think he's the, he's the goat at two, but he's not the goat at the five. He's not the goat at the four. He's the goat at the two. You can't compare people who play different positions were different skills. It'd be like saying, Oh, Sandy Koufax is better than Willie Mays. No, you can't compare the two guys. Okay. So if I ask Rick Barry, one game for your life to pick one other teammate, would you pick a big then? Would you pick Wilt or Kareem or whoever, Bill Russell, or I don't know. Is that where yeah, you would go? I would. Hmm. Of okay. course I would. Why? Okay, well, one I'm game. Gonna, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. A, yes, I'm definitely going to have a great big man. It'd be my first pick, without question. Then my next pick is going to be a great point guard who's a passing first point guard who can score thirty if you need him, but would rather get fifteen yeah. assists. Okay, <laughs> my first pick is going to be Michael Jeffrey Jordan because he was a force of competitive nature, unlike any I've ever seen, as killer yeah. as it ever got, and you had that in you too. But this was just something I'd never experienced. And then I'll fill out the rest of my roster, however you want to fill it out. But if I got that guy on my side, I'm not going to lose to your team. That's okay, what I the, believe. Here's the thing is that you have to understand, I'm picking him to pick a team to play with. 
I'm going to be on the team. And yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, here's, that's my whole thing. So I'm taking Will at center and as great as, you know, you can take Kareem, you have Shaq, you take whatever centers you want. I'm taking Wilt. And then I'm going to go and make a little switch. I'm taking Bill Russell as my power forward because I don't need okay. him to score a point. I don't need him to score no. one point. <laughs> Just okay. go rebound, and block shots and do the things that you do so well. And then I'm taking, I'm going to play the three. I'm taking Michael as my two guard. And, and as much as I love, you know, there's some guys that I just absolutely love as much as I love Steph, as much as I love uh, Steve Nash, as much as I love, I mean, you know, these kind of guys who can pass and do stuff. I love Steve Nash. I love Steph. I, I have to go with magic because of his versatility and I don't need him to score a lot of points and he'd rather get 20 and with his size. I mean, so that's the team I'm going to take, and everybody else can take whoever they want to take, and I'll, I'll play. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you you have one huge advantage over me, Rick, because I said I'm going to take on my team. Well, that forces me to actually play, so it's me versus you, and I think you're going to beat me, right? Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. You know, it's good uh, yeah. conversation, but the conversation has to be, come on, let's go. Who's the greatest two? To me, it's Michael. I'm, I'm with He's you 100%. Right. It's Michael. Okay. No question. Then so, you can have some interesting debates because people right. are going to bring up, they're going to bring up Larry Burr. They're going to bring up, uh, uh, of course, LeBron, who's really a three who plays two and one a lot. I mean, you yeah, know he that. Does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So you're going to have your debate about that, and 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 then you're you know at the at the uh, point guard spot, you know they're the same guys I said, you know, Magic, you know, Steve Nash, yeah. unbelievable player. I mean, just yeah. Uh, yeah. unbelievable. Scary. I mean, there's Agreed. just so many guys you can pick as the as you know as a one to have an interesting conversation with, and it makes for some interesting debates. But I, you just can't okay. compare Michael to Will Chamberlain, you know? Okay, I got it. Well, just for the record, if if I start with Michael and then you give me Shaq and Kobe and Magic and Larry Bird, I'm going to beat you. That's yeah. what I think. My Not my five will be your five. Not a chance in the world. Hey, Skip, I know know both of you have to leave, but we're running out of time here. But uh, a lot of Warriors fans listen to this show, and and that was really a lot of questions that came to me on Twitter. Is you posted something a couple weeks ago pointing out Steph's zero finals MVPs. I'm I would love to get your insights. Like, uh, what is what is what is your thought on Stephen Curry? Like, is he a clutch player to you? Is he gonna win a fourth championship? What are your thoughts on Steph? I need to see more in the postseason. Obviously, he has revolutionized the game in the regular season, and he well might win a third MVP this year, but I still need to see more because I personally, speaking of LeBron, haven't gotten over Steph's disappearing act down the stretch of that 2016 finals when obviously the Warriors held a three games to one lead. Draymond did get suspended for game five back at Oracle, but you had two of the last three at home. That should be Steph's time. That should be his game to own both, you know, obviously game five and game seven. And, and we don't have time to go through all the stats, but I dare anybody to go look up what happened to Steph in those three games. It was horrendously bad for a, a two-time MVP He completely disappeared, even in game seven, the game you should take over at home. He shot in the fourth quarter, one of six from the floor and one of five from three. And I believe he was six of 16 from, was he six of 16 from three or the field? But it was one of those games and and people say he was banged up or whatever. I just, I just don't want to hear it because if he's that guy, 
that's his game. And obviously it allowed for Braun to pull off the ultimate chase down block and Kyrie <laughs> to hit the shot of shots. And then the next thing I see is Steph has to lead a contingent all the way across the country to the tip of Long Island on July the 4th to recruit Kevin Durant to please come save us against LeBron and company. And Kevin did, as we all know. And then we fast forward to the what was it, 2019 finals. And Steph had several big shots late to change that series. Obviously, they were injured. They didn't have Kevin. Then they had him for a minute. And then they didn't. And Clay went down. But Steph had a closing shot. Uh, a, wa- a potential walk-off shot in game six at Oracle against yeah. Hawaiian company and miss that. I just need a little more because obviously Iguodala changed that first series when LeBron was up two games to one and Steve inserted him in the lineup and put him on LeBron and he, he, he outscored LeBron and he held LeBron down a little bit. You can't, you know, suffocate him, but I, I, I just, I don't know if Steph, at 6-3 can dominate in the postseason the way he can in the regular season. All right. Yeah, very valid, very valid points. There's no question about that. My big thing is, is when people get more credit for being on championship teams uh, as a, and when they start rating them as how good a player they were, because what the hell does that have to do with your skill and ability? If you don't have good teammates, you're not getting to the finals. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. No, Skip, Skip, are you bringing Rick on your show at some point? I'd love to see him on there. Would be fun. Um, I don't know if Rick would stoop to do our show. I think it might be beneath his dignity. <laughs> no, come on, come on. Uh, so- I tell you, I tell you the one that one that get. I say, <laughs> my God, and I used to listen to to Stephen A. before they wound up getting rid of his partner and sending him off on his way. <laughs> Uh, and, and when anybody, I've been saying, oh my God, but I love to be there right now to be able to go ahead and confront these guys about the bullshit that they're talking about. I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, seriously, it, it's, it, it really is. It's, I, it's hard for me to do. In fact, actually, even like watching games, I turn, I just watch games. I don't listen because I don't, I just can't even stand because I know they're watching a different game than I'm watching because they're talking about <laughs> stuff. I go, why the hell are you talking about that? Mm. So, I mean, but I, I, I got know, it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just talking about it. I mean, I'm serious. There's a lot of guys doing the color commentary right now that, you know, jeez, I, I, whatever. It's, it's what it is. So anyway, hey, hey, Skip, thanks so much for taking hey, the time. Thank you, Skip. You, got it. you and your family okay. with the holidays. Congratulations on yeah. the success. Thank you. Thank you. Know it thank you. Know it uh, it's good to hear. Yeah, well, no, a lot good of to hear Cyrus's voice, too. Thank you. You too, sir. You too. It was an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Yeah, appreciate it very much. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. You too, Skip. That was awesome. Well, wow. he's always been, you know, I, I I always felt that, you know, he was a guy that I I I, I cared about what he had to say because he's been around a lot. And like yeah. you know, here, like you just heard him talk about. I mean, he also doesn't just show up and turn the microphone on and just start throwing things out there. I mean, he does his research. He looks, he prepares like the same way I told people. I said, you know, yeah, it's nice. It's doing the radio and stuff. But when we did our thing, I mean, you got to do a lot of prep work, especially if you're talking about all the freaking sports. You know, yep. we were doing stuff at KMBR. I had to talk, you know, you got to talk about the San Jose, you know, the, the Sharks. You have to talk about the college basketball. You have to talk about, the, you know, all the different Football. things that are out Baseball. there. Yep. I mean, you got you got to do a lot of homework. That's why when I was doing stuff on Sirius and just doing the NBA stuff, shit, that was like falling off a log. That was nothing. I mean, you, know, you still have to do some, some research and watch things, but do. it's all about basketball. It's not about every freaking sport out there. Yeah. So, and Skip do, Rick, do you around. think... 
Yeah. Do you think players today are, are overly sensitive? Like, I don't know if you saw that tweet a few days ago from Kevin Durant, and I didn't bother bringing it up because Skip addressed it on his TV show, but Kevin Durant basically just said he doesn't like Skip. Just called him out and just was blatantly like, I don't that's like because you. He doesn't say, if that's because if he criticizes him at all, a lot of these guys can't take any criticism whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. I've only had one player ever in all the years that I did commentary and stuff when I got done playing that actually appreciated my honesty. I wanted to say something to skip about it, but I didn't. I mean, you know, say, hey, I express everything I have. Yeah, well, now you can do that. I, I did it and I got in trouble for being honest. You know? <laughs> I mean, Times have changed yeah. a lot. Oh, Rick Barry's too, he's too negative. No, negative my butt. You know, I was honest, telling the truth. I wasn't a shill. And that's why I respect you know, Skip. I re well, I respect Skill. I mean, Skip in that regard that, yeah. you know, he's going to say what he feels and, and that's the way it should be. But the problem is, you know, I say the truth, try to explain why it was a bad play and then tell you what you should have done to make it a good play instead of just now, guy, whoa, what a bad play that was. Well, no kidding. You just saw the guy throw a lousy pass. I mean, what the hell kind of comment is that? No, I mean, Skip, I mean Rick, in my opinion, you were 20 years behind the times just in the sense of like if oh, you I had, ahead if you of had i was ahead of time. Or ahead of your time ahead of your time sorry and just in the sense that if you brought that same attitude the same verbiage today i think it would work but at that time it was just a more conservative time you only, you only had a few uh, uh media uh platforms so they had so much control that if you just offended the wrong person you were done and now if you do that it's like you have thirty thousand other options to go to you know so I, you were just say way ahead of your time, and, and it's just a bummer. Like just from from the money you could have earned, from from the media, the, the, your second career as a media personality, and that's why I'm just it's a joy for me to do this with you because I see the talent and I see the greatness, and I'm I'm just thankful for to be a part of it. It's not, um, being, and, not, it's not the greatness. I mean, the thing about it is, it's just you know, it's just being honest. I know the game of basketball. Okay, I mean, I've been around it ever since I grew up. My father was a semi-pro player and coach. And I've been around it, you know, and as a fan, I've been around it as a player, I've been around it as a broadcaster, I see it, I understand it. And I think the biggest difference is, and, and, and again, I used to love like doing replays. I mean, because replays is something you got to see something, you got to analyze it immediately and be able to respond right. to it and talk about it. That's not something that's real easy to do. It's real simple to go ahead if you do something and you got a chance to think about it. And, but this isn't the case when you're doing live television. Correct. So I, my thing is, is that I was just, I was blessed with the ability to see things, recognize things and to be able to express myself in a way that people can understand. And it's a fine line you walk when you do analyst work. I can't be so technical, like I'm not going to mention the name, but there's one person in particular that I think is so damn technical that he loses anybody that really doesn't know the game exceptionally well. This and is then, a former player that you so, don't want to no, bet? No, I'm not going to say You can't be that technical because you lose the, the everyday viewer. or the right. And most of the people who are there aren't as knowledgeable about it. So you have to walk that line. Don't be so basic that you insult the intelligence of somebody that knows the game. But don't be so technical that you lose all the other people. And so fine you line. really have to walk that fine line. Yes. But the nice thing about the unfortunate thing about it is, is that, again, like you say, I was honest and my honesty got me in trouble because they said I was too negative. Well, I, not that I was being negative. I was just talking about it. Hey, good and bad things happen in every single game in every single sport. Yeah. And you should be able to talk about both of them. And the thing is, back then, there was no first takes. There was no social media. There, I just, no. It's just back then, you just had to be a straight shooter and play this very politically correct company line. And, and that's exactly right. And so what I learned, I had to play the game. So what I learned is, okay, I am not going to ignore the negative. Yeah. But I'm going to accentuate the positive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So anyway. What do, uh, so what do you think about Steph's record? I mean, he did set the three-point mark. I told you it was um, inevitable. It was, skips out. It was a great. No, it isn't to me. It wasn't a great thing to me. I mean, because he was going to happen. I mean, my God, he's so many games shorter of him. I mean, it's just a matter of when it was going to happen. Yeah. 
And it was and a, know a great for him. Hey, great for him that it happened back in New York and he got all the publicity and whatever it yeah. is. But the real record is going to be when he's done. That's what I said. I think that's a very valid point. I mean, no, I love next, that. You're, you, no, you're right. You're saying he's the Babe Ruth and then someone's going to come that's along. That's exactly right. He's the Babe Ruth of the yeah. three point shot. And when he's done, that's going to be the mark that everybody needs to be able to shoot for. And boy, and when somebody comes along and beats that, because it's not going to happen right away. Trust me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, in your opinion, like, why is it like Reggie Miller brought up a great point? And I've been on a couple of podcasts talking about how the three point record just doesn't have the kind of gravitas that other records have just because in your era, it didn't exist. No, first of all, um, no, 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 no. Here's why. I can tell you exactly. You know why? Why? Anybody can shoot a three at any time. You can't hit a home no, run any time. Well, well, that's but but what, what I'm asking is why is it in, 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 let's say, the 80s or 90s? They were averaging five three-point attempts a game, whereas now they're averaging 34 attempts per team. Why were why did it take so long for, for teams coaches. and players and organizations? Is it just coaches? They didn't see well, that coaches, this is... No, coaches and the fact that when the, the three-point started to become something that people got to understand and realize... The first thing you do, you see little kids, and it's really unfortunate because they get bad habits. They all want to shoot yeah. the three-point shot. Yeah. And yeah. so it's become kind of the thing to do. And especially a guy like Steph that all the little people can relate to because he's a normal type of size guy. I mean, he's not right. not, not normal, but in <laughs> right, basketball, right. he's real normal because he's not very big. Somebody even normal, told me, yeah. oh, I, should, <laughs> Steph, I don't think he's 6'3". Well, whatever. He is someone <laughs> that people can relate to. And so it's because of the fact that that he's the guy that helped make it so popular because he's so proficient at it and so incredible at, at what he does shooting the basketball and he's made himself into that. So I have such great respect for him and for Steve Nash guys that yeah. came into the league with no big fanfare, nobody expected anything of them. And they both became two-time MVPs, you know, come on. I yeah. mean, that's pretty remarkable. So you yeah, have to really admire and respect that for him. So I, I, I mean, I love what Steph's doing. Now, and if I they could get him to come out and do the Steph Curry shooting sleeve, because it would be the most, if there's ever a, a, a sure bet that something is going to be successful with the technology that my son Scooter had with doing, never did get a chance to actually show Steph. The Steph Curry shooting sleeve where a kid and a parent could buy this for, for, for their kid. And the kid literally could, from the shooting and the arm and all this stuff, have exactly and perfect the same thing that Steph Curry is doing. You couldn't make them fast enough. <laughs> no, I believe you. You've talked about this a lot. It's the greatest just... teaching. It's the greatest teaching thing I've ever seen in basketball. There's so much stuff out there that's a bunch of BS, and it's just it, yeah, it's just marketing no, or whatever. This is thing... a this is a teaching tool. I but well, can first of all, how can people can people buy that? Can they? No, they can't. My first... oh, no, okay. it's there. I'm trying to do something, raise the money to go ahead and buy the the uh, intellectual property rights of it, so my son can have oh. it and take my son's scooter and do it. My son had DeAndre Jordan. Okay. He had, he had him in three sessions shooting over 75% from the free throw line and redid his shot. Wow. He stopped working with it, lost the thing. I mean, it's unbelievable. He had Andre Drummond making major strides in reporting and the coach didn't want to do something during the middle of the season. God. He had Dwight Howard making improvements and stuff that this is an, it's an incredible shooting thing. One of the college teams that a teammate of his was coaching in college. They stayed, he got it. They tried it 10. I mean, uh, some of the guys, the guys that used it, their free throw percentages went up 10 to 12%. Wow. I mean, it's the greatest teaching tool and it can be taken to other sports. It can be taken to the world of therapy it's what I just wish I wish I had made, you know, $40 million a year doing something. So I had the kind of money to do it, to buy this technology. Yeah. This is like, and, and why Under Armour won't do this and do it, come out with the Steph Curry shooting sleeve. 
it's a it's a slam it's the, it's proverbial slam dunk i mean there's no way that this isn't going to be successful if you really saw this and understood just the, how incredible it is I, I, I jerry west looked at it he said oh my god this is unbelievable i mean who owns we, the the ip to it like who, who well who now it was, it was done by one of the one of the uh vcs down in the silicon valley who did it and then they didn't want to put any more money into it. And so it's just all there. And it's just, it's just, just sitting there. Oh, it's my just God. sitting there. That, that's and frustrating. And the thing is, the technology has improved even greater because they had to have some certain things in the sleeve. Well, because of the sophistication of the technology world, everything gets better and it's smaller and easier, blah, blah, blah. Well, since that thing was done, it's it's even going to be even easier and better and more, oh. more efficient. It's unbelievable. It is. That is. Yeah, it's crazy. So if anybody's out there listening and you, and you got some money and you want to make yourself a fortune, you know, get in touch with me and, you know, let's there show you, you what it is. put the money up. There's, there's a guarantee, you know, I, I, if I had the money, I'd guarantee it myself. Of course, if I had the money, I wouldn't be asking anybody to put the money up. But it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's unbelievable. If you need to go to hold of Rick, you can find him on social media at all social media platforms at Rick24Barry. You can easily reach out to him there. This is probably our last show of the holidays. Um, I, you know, I, to me, 2021 was a light year ahead of 2020. Uh, and, and it's always been a pleasure. It's a pleasure to know you, Rick, and, and our friendship is valuable to me tremendously. And I hope you have a great Christmas, a happy Christmas, a happy new year. Um, any big plans? Are you going to be with, uh, all the grandkids? And uh, my kids wife, and... No, I'll be with, with my, my wife and her, uh, her mom and dad. And, you know, it's not like a huge big thing that we're going to have a ton of people together because, you know, the thing is, you know, everybody's got their lives. They have their kids. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy thing to put it all together, but I've always liked Christmas. In fact, I used to, when I played ball, I started a charity called Christmas cheer for children and mm. do a lot of stuff. It was, it was kind of fun and got a little turned off by it though, because I tried to do a bunch of stuff at all. And it was unbelievable how unappreciative these kids who really didn't have anything were by the fact that they were actually getting something. I mean, it, right. was, it really kind of, it, it just turned me off. It really did. I, I don't <laughs> expect a lot of, you know, get recognition, do stuff. All I do is I just want the people you're doing stuff for, Yes. to appreciate what you've yes, done. Yes, of course. A, You're doing work for them. That's your time is valuable. Much. Yes, no, your time and effort is valuable. No, I, I, I get that. That's ridiculous. Show some appreciation if someone's doing something nice for you. But anyway, and, and, and I apologize to all my Jewish friends out there because for the first time, and I, I just never usually forget wishing, you know, happy Hanukkah. Oh, like, yeah, happy I, Hanukkah. This time, because it came early. Usually it's like closer to Christmas time. And this time it came early in the month. It did. I missed it. And so, you know, in fact, I'm actually getting ready to send out an email and first time I'm ever doing a happy belated Hanukkah. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. Better late than never. And happy Festivus, <laughs> yeah. happy Kwanzaa, all that stuff, whatever you're all celebrating, uh, you know, Hopefully everybody has a great, great uh, Christmas and whatever celebration you're going to have and have a healthy, happy and prosperous new year. God bless all of you. And uh, we'll look forward to having you listen in to us in 2022. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.